Hello! Gladys here. Welcome to Stranger Turn Friend, a podcast where two strangers hang out for the first time and make magic happen. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about it. All right, enjoy! We've started. It's all good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'll monitor what I say. <laughs> yeah. How are you? How are you feeling? It's been a very hectic month for you yeah. for school and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, this is really, really exciting. I want to thank you for letting me be on here. It's so exciting to be like on the other end of an interview because I'm always <laughs> doing it for my podcast, but it's so exciting to yeah, to be on the other end. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, by the way, I always tell this to my quote unquote guests, even though I feel like we're sort of friends already. Like, yeah, you know, know. we've been talking on Instagram and stuff, and I don't know, I feel like there's an affinity with you. It's quick, it's cool because this feels like a perk now because I feel like I've already made friends with you. So, this is just like another nice conversation to get to have, (laughs) right? Yeah, so, so I usually just like to tell people, like, you know, take a chill, it's a Sunday, it's you know um it's less of an interview and more just like a very casual conversation just to be friends and I love it relax yeah how has everything been going happy 2023 uh I know (laughs) we're you. you know too far into the year for us to be celebrating 2023 but Hey, still celebrate. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, time's flown. This has been a good year, but it's strange because it's like I have so much going on, but I'm so much less stressed out than other years because I'm kind of coming to the end of like um just my schooling and college and stuff. So I feel less stressed about every single point that I need to get, right? Because I know if all goes well, I'll graduate, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so it's like a lot, yeah, it's chaotic, but less busy and then having my podcast on the side has just been like really good to have a passion project it's it's so so good so um, yeah I I felt I think that was definitely kind of what I noticed when we first started talking I was like oh my god like Robin and I are basically you know half of the same person because like I have a full-time job as well and like this thing is like you said kind of like a side passion project kind of thing yeah it's just nice to like have a creative outlet, you know, to, Gosh, I know, I, I don't know what you're studying at the moment, but engineering. Okay. So something very technical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it is, is necessary to have. An outlet. <laughs> <laughs> have you always been like a, a creative person that, or, you know, try to lean towards being a creative person? Oh, you've just opened a huge can of worms here. That's a good question. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I don't want to ramble, but um, I think, yes, I've always been very creative or at least try to be creative. Like I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, and so nobody, including myself, ever saw it coming that I'd study STEM or anything technical in school. Um, but it. long story short, it just kind of ended up this thing where I felt like I should do the quote unquote right thing by society and like do the more prestigious thing or whatever makes sense. So I went into this major that I was already like terrible at, like, I don't know why I joined, but 
I was terrible at my STEM classes growing up and yet I still entered, have continued to be more terrible throughout school and just like lacking passion. But I will say that at the end of it, I think that's what made this, the podcast that I run now that I've been running for about eight months. That's what's made it all the more meaningful because finally I have something where I'm like, I'm letting myself (laughs) tap into my more creative side. And um, yeah, it's just been so good to finally feel what it's like (laughs) to be passionate about what you do. So it means a lot to me. And um, yeah, that's to make a very long story somewhat short, but (laughs) it's always been a part of me, I think. Yeah. I I don't remember like which video I heard this from, but basically they're like, you know, sometimes the best way to find what you enjoy doing is to do something you hate. It forces you to like look for the thing to uh, that you might enjoy. There you go. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm sort of like in that same position too, because so I'm I'm 26 and I'm working right now, but like I did economics. Uh, oh, okay. I'm from Singapore previously, and now yeah. I'm in New York. Oh, I love Singapore. I failed economics like, <laughs> like before college so I I don't even know how I got in but oh, but that's, the, right. like, the, that's the way like life uh panned out and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the major but it was like I yeah it, it always felt like something was missing mm-hmm. you know like and then with this podcast and then for me I also started like getting into music a little bit more me and too we are the same person oh, okay so girl <laughs> go so on Robin, I, go on <laughs> yeah so I remember doing like ukulele and then mm. guitar and I was like hell yeah like this is so good love um, it you know it's very soul soulful I yeah. guess is the word. yeah I know what you mean um yeah and it's just like being able to finally accept that like oh, okay I'm a creative person yeah like, oh my gosh <laughs> I know. Did a I lot know. of that come from your family or like just the people that you hung around with? I'm always oh curious gosh. when people are like, oh, mm-hmm. I was forced down this path and like mm-hmm. I just had to do it. I feel like mm-hmm. half the time it's from your parents. Yeah, at least half the time. Thankfully, I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the minority oh, other half. My, yeah. my family's really, really supportive and they <laughs> they were always the one who were like please do what you love, you know? And when I said I wanted to go, I quote unquote wanted to go into STEM, they're like, are you sure? Cause I think you're not going to like it. I don't, I don't think you will like, we'll support you, but whatever, like you should do what you love. So they were always massively supportive. Meanwhile, I was like self-imposed. I don't know where that came from. I was like, I have to do what makes sense and everything. <laughs> but- I was going to ask like, where did that need to, I don't know if you call it like fit in, yeah, no, I know. Society. I know, like the the conventional like definition of success, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't that's a good question. I'm not even sure now that I think about it. Um I think it was just I liked the idea of it, like for okay, because okay, my equivalent of econ, failing econ was yeah. <laughs> I I was in physics and I really liked the idea of it. I thought it was really cool, but I was still failing it. But I still told myself, well, I finally like something that kind of fits the mold. Right. So, yeah. So let me run with it and go into that. And I think it's just because I like the idea of it, because by society standards, it's almost like if I had all this potential because I worked so hard in high school that I was like a really good student and like had all the qualifications, but I almost felt like it wouldn't 
it would almost be like a waste, if you will, if I went into something that wouldn't have required all that work. Like I could have worked less or not done as much in high school. So I think that's where that came from, almost a fear of waste. But it's kind of ironic because in a way, this is even more waste because now I'm never going to go into anything like stuff related. <laughs> um, Have you decided already? You know, I'm going um, I'm going into the military after college graduation, but that's for, for, for a little bit amount of time. But that's the thing. Like I ended up choosing a job that was not <laughs> engineering or anything STEM. It's like a more like basically it's just like a more people kind of job where you're like helping support people and stuff. So nothing like that. And so it's not to say that my major was wasted. Cause I think, like you said, it even teaches you even more how much like you need and love your creativity. But, um, it's definitely funny. Like I've really come to the philosophy where if you, if you love something or something's a part of you, you might delay it, but it's going to take over eventually. Cause you're going to get so desperate, which I'm sure it sounds like you have had a taste of as well. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've been, trying to think about this idea of like like pushing down the parts <laughs> of you that feel true to yourself but oh like it just doesn't fit in um and at some point I think this happened probably like two years ago I was like all right like what am I doing here like why am I actively trying to <laughs> uh put the part of me that I identify most with on the yes. back burner yeah just to make a bunch of people happy who are not to be a little bit morbid but like we're probably gonna die at some point and then it's like at that <laughs> maybe point what am a, I, I mean, supposed maybe. to do like um you know it's like uh, yeah it's like uh is it worth it and then now I'm like no it's not so you know now <laughs> now I'm, I feel like I'm back on the track of like trying to figure things out but I'm a little bit less like directionless in that sense yeah yeah just starting to embrace the parts of you that that feel genuine yeah oh man that makes me so happy (laughs) to hear it's become something like I will say another thing about this not being necessarily wasted is I feel like because I've gone through honestly like this hell for the last four years like that is what has really taught me the importance of you know, doing something you love. And I don't think it would have meant as much to me. I wouldn't have learned this to such magnitude if I hadn't, if I just like gone through a major that maybe I did care about in the slightest or anything, but this is really like, it's not just for me, but even hearing people like you, it makes me so much more excited and empathetic when I hear like, you're going to pursue something that sets your soul on fire, not to be corny, but really, and and it makes me so, so excited. And (laughs) It's, it's, I feel like we've probably learned similar lessons, but it's really funny to think that, um, it's almost like you work hard. So in the name of like being able to have the freedom to do what you love in the end, but it's like, then why don't you just do what you love from the beginning? Like, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, obviously there are practical aspects. I think for you and me, we both are in fields where it's like, it would give you like practical support and stuff to have that freedom. But to a point, it's like, I don't need to go overboard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. But also kind of taking a segue, the military yeah. sounds yeah. like <laughs> something that is not your typical first thought when it comes to like Robin's a create really creative person. Oh. Um, so now I'm curious yeah. to kind of dig, you know, dig a little bit deeper into yeah. that. Like, you know, how how did you I don't know, how did you get on that path in the oh, first gosh. place? 
Yeah. And no, it's funny you say that. Cause not just that, but like when you, when people meet me, like, like <laughs> I am not like a, like, I'm sure like a military a buff sort of stereotype. Yeah. There's a oh, mental me stereotype too. of how military people. I'm should. telling you girl. Well, because are you familiar with ROTC, like the reserve officer training corps in college? Um, no. Okay. So it's like, that's what I'm doing. It's like this program through college where you can be a cadet so you're kind of a student and a military like trainee at the same time so like three times a week I'll go like work out with them or um get like training on like being in the military and then that's why it leads up to that job but uh yeah anyway so so sometimes I look around and I look at myself even after four years in the program and I'll be like what (laughs) am I doing here how is this happening? Like everybody else is so much more fit than me and like so much more tough. And I'm like, so such an emotional person. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. um, no, that kind of came through because my dad's in the military as well. So I've kind of grown up. Yeah. In that, um, in that setting. And so we've moved around a lot with the military and stuff, which is why actually, so I've been to Singapore, we've just visited, um, because we used to live in Japan for the military. So love Singapore. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, so so we've moved around a bit, but anyways, I grew up with that. And obviously moving's really hard, especially when you're a kid, just to constantly say goodbye, like two to three years um, at a time. But, but I grew to like really, really love it. Uh, just the community is really strong and the people are so admirable. So I think um, that's what that's what motivated me to, to go in myself. I just kind of followed in my dad's <laughs> footsteps. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> Wow. That's a, I mean, first, that's a really bold decision. I feel like, I mean, you know, coming from Singapore, I feel like the military mm-hmm. isn't, it's it's always viewed as like something to get through because we are mm-hmm. like conscription based. So every okay. male has to go through it for two years. Yeah. Um, Somewhere to Korea. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think being able to meet people like you and like your dad who willingly like sign up for it and like <laughs> actively wants to be involved in it I think it's um refreshing but also it's oh wow yeah <laughs> thank you thanks it I feel like it is different here too like in the states the perception my dad actually said a very similar thing I actually had him on my podcast I interviewed him because he immigrated here when he was 16 and um and he made that same point. He was like, it was so wild to him at first coming that people would willingly join. Whereas Sign in Korea, for, yeah. yeah, whereas in Korea, it's like, how can I avoid this service? Right? Exactly. But, um, but no, he ended up <laughs> he ended up doing it. And so that's where I'm at too. Oh wow. I love that. It's your it's your dad. I guess discipline comes with his nature of, of being <laughs> part of the military. <laughs> discipline as in like <laughs> disciplining your child or discipline <laughs> no no I mean like well I didn't even okay. think about that but I meant like discipline see how that's where my mind goes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think um yeah I think it definitely adds that layer to yourself like it just adds on a, a bigger sense of responsibility and just um as a person you notice how it starts to change you in the way you interact with people or like conduct yourself I would say um but uh, as one of my <laughs> instructors here like to say, it's like, uh, 
we're not better, just different, I think is what he says. Um, so, so it's just, it's just the idea of like, it's just a different culture, but everybody's doing something respectable and cool. Yeah. And I don't know your exact job and I don't know if you are exposing it on the <laughs> Very podcast. Corporate. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So corporate and like, um, I hopefully this is okay to say, I know you said you're in New York, say it. Um, yeah, yeah. which is to me so exciting. Maybe my romanticized idea of it, but to me, it's like, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, I don't that that's why I love doing this because I get to meet people like you and also you know a bunch of others who I would have never thought about the yeah. potential or like possibilities of other types of lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like um cuz I, I grew up in a family who's again, you know, very corporate. Like my mom was okay. an auditor and my dad's like an accountant. So Okay you know, all MNCs in America and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, someone, you know, like you, military, or like a bunch of my other guests who, you know, sometimes would share, unfortunately, like traumatic events that happened mm-hmm. to them that mm-hmm. I never would have been exposed to. No, totally. Um, in a good way. But like, yeah, I think like being able to see these shades of personalities that are being mm-hmm. shaped by all of these different choices I think it's like incredible and that's such yeah. a cool point that's a really cool point point. and you know what it's funny that I, I just realized like I kind of grown up around this idea of like oh I'm in I'm a military kid so I've been exposed to so many things and whatever and in a sense that's true but also I've realized actually am I as well-rounded as I say or think I am because really I'm also still in the military box, which is a very certain type of community or family or person. Um, so, so <laughs> likewise, it's so good for me to talk to other people and you and everybody um, just to get, just to get a sense because yeah, me going into it career wise, part of it was yes, the admiration, but part of it was probably just cause that's all I've ever known. But like, yeah. for example, I have no idea, even if it was my dream to go into something corporate, like, which is probably not, but like, if I wanted to, I wouldn't know the first place and I have no role model in my life. So I, I think that's a really, really wow. cool point. Yeah, it's, it's right? <laughs> crazy and wonderful that like something that I see as a norm mm-hmm. is like your other universe type of mentality well here's the thing okay so speaking (laughs) of new yorkers okay so my last interview that i had on the podcast is um my friend so she's an illustrator in new york in brooklyn um and one of my questions to her was tell me about like a typical day in your life and i swear like the first thing if you listen back to the episode the first thing she said is like oh my gosh it's so boring like nobody would want to know about this I'd bore you and your audience and it's kind of what you're saying like yeah it's boring to you because it's what you've grown up with but I'm like um sorry Melissa none of this are illustrators in New York like you are like this is pretty cool and I'm sure it is like mundane right it's not a movie every day but it's still very different than what a lot of us get so it's like it's interesting everybody's everybody's journey like seems normal to them but to somebody else it's like crazy yeah that that's a really good point I <laughs> I would imagine I definitely have to listen to that episode because like Brooklyn based illustrator I feel like I have a stereotype about them <laughs> you know, like 
<laughs> I need to confirm it or deny it. Um, what is it? Difficult. Can you say? Are you at liberty to um, say? I mean, without <laughs> offending the seven people who listen to this. Um, <laughs> like, That's like six more than me. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I okay. First, I think they're really cool. Um, I've said this multiple times across other episodes, but anyone who is like in the creative field, right? Whether it's like um, doing art or like filmmaking or, you know, any type of creative mm-hmm. endeavor, I feel like they have this magical ability to like see the interesting parts of mundane yes. life. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh, and the person that I, <sighs> I was talking to about this, he, he said this thing. He was like, yeah, it's, it's almost like God gave them a pair of glasses like Honestly. a special pair of glasses for them to view the world and I was Honestly. like oh it's it is a skill but you know at some point some people are just dripping with this talent and you just I know oh my god I'm I'm jealous <laughs> hey I'm curious for you wait am I cutting you off sorry I don't know <laughs> no you're not it's it, okay yeah, it's all good <laughs> I'm curious for you, since you are also into music and um, and podcasting. Again, we're the same person. What's our name, by the way? Are we not Rodis Gla- Glabin? Gla- <laughs> it's not attractive. I don't know. We'll think about something. It's rad. <laughs> it's rad. Whatever it is, I wonder if you have had the same experience. But for me, like, um, I don't know. I feel like I can't even... I can't even consume content from other people that's good without like, I don't even get the joy from it. I literally just am <laughs> overcome with this feeling of like, um, what's that called? Like jealousy. Like as soon as I hear a new song be put out, that's amazing. I, I can't even be like, this is great. You know, I will in like a couple years or something, but at first I'm like, this is, oh my gosh. Like, I wish I'd written that, you know, why did they beat me to it? And I don't think I've ever had somebody to ask, you know, if they're in the same boat, but for me, I just have this thing, like, I can't do it. And when I hear about somebody having an awesome podcast, minus yours, of course, like, I'll always be like, oh gosh, like I'm cringing at myself now. What am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. I I feel like in the face of talent, you just, you know, you just feel so small and you're like, this is impossible. (laughs) Like, why am I even taking up? a space that some other talented person (laughs) should be in um no I I totally feel that that same way but I think over the years it has morphed into less of like envy and jealousy and more about Mm -hmm. like wow this is freaking awesome that I get Uh, to live in the same space as someone who is offering up so much of their gift you know to the world sure sure yeah um, and i and i can't even imagine like people who actually have so much talent in one thing but because they grew up a certain way they just didn't have the opportunity or like didn't have the mental like um like capacity to like even explore yeah that yep. side of them mm-hmm. um, or even mm-hmm. think to explore right and i I've, yeah i feel like oh such a <laughs> and now I'm starting to see all the like dots connecting because as you say that now I'm realizing like I wonder if <laughs> like that envy on my side comes from like this deep-seated like place of like fear because I feel like okay not to toot my own horn but if I have 
what I would call like potential or something. And I feel like I could be really good at something. It's almost like this, um, this insecurity that like, oh, if I tapped into this earlier and if I had really followed my gut before, maybe I could be where that person is right now. Or maybe I could be beating them or something in which as I'm saying this, I'm realizing how toxic this is and pretty <laughs> selfish, but you know, I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's where I came from just because I've never let myself be in a space to like be free about all this that now I feel like overly protective of it or defensive almost. Um, mm, you're helping me sort out all my, <laughs> all my psyche. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's the whole point. Um, well, let me ask you this. Like, do you feel because because you mentioned just now that there wasn't really any external pressure against mm-hmm. you having to go down a certain path. Yeah. But somehow you have formulated a idea <laughs> of what success looks like. And it, and and for whatever reason, it's like antithetical to the creative side of you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that unfortunate? <laughs> wow, yeah. I don't know. I I I don't feel like I bind to that idea of like no external pressure. I mean, even just having a dad who's oh. in the military, I feel like subconsciously that might have probably on I mean, some level seeped into, you know, your ideas. Definitely. definitely. And I think there are like um like logistically there are setups too that that make it so so like for example like back then I wasn't even having a conflict though of like oh I'm rejecting my creative side I didn't realize that till college when I was absolutely miserable (laughs) but like I think all through high school I just I knew basically because back then it was so black and white it was like either you go STEM after high school or you go something not STEM and yeah for me I just had basically those two molds to fit into and then Um, but I knew that regardless, I would want to go get a scholarship through this military program. Right. Cause I knew that I wanted to do the air force. Um, so then, uh, but if you look at the scholarship setup, just the way it is, is that you're, you really only have a good chance of securing that scholarship if you're in like a STEM major or something like that. Um, Yeah. So it's not, so I, while I never felt like, oh, I'm forcing myself through this misery just to do this definitely had a huge hand and like, well, it doesn't make it a bad option anymore (laughs) to go to STEM. And then, um, I don't know. I think, yes, like my family was very supportive, but there were always those things too, where it's like, for example, with grades, um, it might be like, yeah, of course they were going to love me and support me no matter what grade I got, you know, but it's also, if you didn't get maybe the grade you could have gotten or whatever, there's still those little things like, Mm, you know, you could, you could do a little better or you're like, are you working as hard as you should be or something? So I think yeah. part of that just kind of, uh, affected just the way I always thought about situations just to be like, well, am I again, that waste thing? Am I doing what, what all this will be worth it for? Um, I feel like I didn't word that right, but yeah, so I think, no, I, I think like that. was there like a specific turning point that kind of opened things up for you where you were just like, oh, like, what am I doing? I should be spending more time on this. Cause like, it's almost, I'm some, this concept, like I've, I've really been thinking about is like, okay, how do I like follow the energy and just, Mm. you know, regardless of goals or 
what people are telling me it's like okay what mm -hmm. is the, the spiritual we're kind mm -hmm. of getting into mm -hmm. the spiritual side of things but it's like where is this what is this energy telling me right now and like how do I just align my life with it especially when it doesn't come to you on like a ticket <laughs> that says this is what you need to do at yeah, a certain time exactly yeah. when there's no like step by step or there's no obvious practical reason why you should be doing it yeah but yeah yeah yeah. you just know that like it brings you joy and you just yeah yeah god do it like you know. oh my gosh <laughs> I I okay I hadn't thought about it in those exact terms but I feel like this has been kind of nagging on my mind so um you've opened the floodgates I guess for me uh before I answer, <laughs> let me say, like, yeah. this is a really good question. And I just want to say, Gladys, I feel like you ask really good questions because the, I feel like the audience, like, not audience, what's the word, like listeners or whatever, like, yeah. they might think that, you know, my story based on the questions <laughs> you're asking me, but you like, I feel like you're so empathetic and you know how to ask really good questions. So I just want to say that, but, oh, um, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with that, okay. I'll give you like a short rundown. So I'm a senior in college right now. Right. So this okay. is the fourth, fourth year. And so freshman year, I was, um, I was here and I was totally doing the thing where I was not honest with myself in the slightest. So like, I mean, realistically, I was miserable in my classes. It was the first time I'd ever done bad in school. Um, I was working first so, time? so. Oh, well, I mean, okay. Like, cause high school, I feel like it's very proportional, right? Like if you put in the work, you're going to do well. Um, Here okay. I came and I was Fair. doing 10 times the work and I was failing classes. Um, yet I still told myself because I was so scared to be honest with myself and say, this is not where I belong. I made the wrong decision. I think I hate, I I'm realizing, I think I hate being wrong. And especially when it comes to myself, I think that's a huge hit to my pride. So I was like, no, no, Where's I love it here. I, coming I, from, Robin? <laughs> I know let's get into that. <laughs> it's okay. We all, we all have it. Yeah. Uh, so already, like, I'll be honest too. I'm not like now I'm grateful for my school, but I'm not the biggest fan just because I like the location is just like really bad seasonal depression. Seattle's okay. not the great greatest place for that. But um so Can I was I already say, like, like yeah, that's the first time I'm hearing about that because like all the I've I've never been to Seattle, oh, but like I heard that I that's a sunshine, like oh gosh. Yeah, you know, is that not the the case? Oh, oh you you thought it was sunny in Seattle? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Is it no. not? Seattle's oh. known to be like the rainy city, which is funny because technically it's oh. it's not the rainiest city. I think it's like Chicago or something is more rain. But the thing here is it's like overcast a lot of the time, like overcast and just like no sunshine and stuff. Um, and for me, who calls California home, that was really, okay. really difficult. Like it is like abysmal. My mental health when it gets bad. I, I see like, where you're coming from. Okay, yeah. Okay, that totally yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so, so actually, yeah, yes, I was dealing with seasonal depression. I also didn't really like my school. I was miserable in my major, and I remember having a FaceTime call with my mom at some point where she was just checking in, and I remember her telling me like. Robin, I'm pretty sure you're really miserable. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I love it here. <laughs> as as a tear rolls down. <laughs> Literally, as two tears rolled down, I'm pretty sure I was. <laughs> yeah. The thing was, I I I literally was kind of convincing myself. Like I really thought I liked it, but was having struggles. But she was like, No, you're miserable. <laughs> wow. Um, 
but so that was that. And I was just like hating classes. I was terrible at everything. And I was fearing, feeling all this stuff, like uh, imposter syndrome being the main thing, right? Like, oh my gosh, all these kids have known and been good about like being an engineer since they were like two, probably like in the Lego box where I'm like, I joined on a whim. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here I am. It's almost like um, going to art school. You know, it's like, it's mm. like a degree where a lot of people like already, it's not something you choose like <laughs> randomly. It's yes. more like being a doctor, right? It's Very like, specialized. you know, you like, exactly. Yeah, this is Okay. Exactly. And so like who who else like just joins like end of senior year and is like, I'm gonna go engineering. Nobody. Um right. just stupid people like me. But so so that happened. And then I was in the thick of it, like my mental health was down the drain. And then um COVID hit actually my freshman year. So I got to go home to to California where my family was at the time. And like, I remember all my friends were like really sad that they were like leaving their college life and, and Seattle. And I was like, thank the Lord. Like I'm going home and like, I get to see the sunshine. So that was really, I think it was really a blessing for me. And, um, but then what happened was now we switched to sophomore year. Uh, the whole year was just a train wreck. Like it was just awful. Like, because at that point, that's when my family moved to Korea. Um, and so it should have been cool, except because of COVID and Korea was so strict on COVID. I think Singapore was also very tight restrictions, right? Yeah. And it was insane. So we couldn't even like, I don't know, we couldn't, definitely couldn't wear masks even if we, or couldn't not wear masks even if we were outdoors. But also we couldn't go to restaurants at all and like we couldn't go anywhere. So what should have been cool actually just ended up being like very crippling to me because I ended up staring at my Zoom university screen in a different time zone. So I'd be waking up like really early or staying up really late to join classes, um, doing military training <laughs> over Zoom. And that was like my 24-7 um, where I was just staring at the screen. And then so I got very, very like, I think that was my first time dealing with like real depression in my life. Like I got very depressed that year. Uh, I was unmotivated, so unhealthy, everything. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, would, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, um, no, no. But when you were in Seattle and then mm -hmm. when you went back to California, like yeah. along this whole period, did you have like a support system? I mean, even friends mm -hmm. or I guess family wasn't physically there. So it's kind of hard. Oh, family was physically there. I was with my family, so that was really good. Um, in Seattle? Oh, oh, sorry, no. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't have yeah. any in Seattle, but they were in California. Um, yeah, no, I definitely had, like, so I was part of this Christian ministry on campus, and so that was happening, and I had my friends who I stayed in touch with, but, you know, <laughs> it's quite different to be remote and, like, trying to stay in touch, right. like, just over text or the occasional zoom call or something and so I remember like that was a really tough thing too um so you that, didn't you it sounded mm -hmm. like you didn't really have time it sounded like COVID hit before you had time to like build you know proper friendship oh I have a better idea what you're asking my bad um no, no actually I when actually I was in yeah no no it's okay uh when I was in Seattle actually I will say like I really really made some great friends and it was almost as if we knew the pandemic was coming because in those what was it like probably five months that we were on campus 
we were like getting after even as freshmen we were like we have to be intentional like we explored a lot of Seattle and like hung out a lot so I'm so thankful for that and I think that foundation was important but um but yeah that's what enough yeah and so so it's just hard but and and that was so like being in Korea that was really difficult because it's hard enough to keep in touch with friends and get the support you need um over you know like the internet or whatever but then add on to that like the layer of time difference so I remember like I would have to wake up really early if I wanted to line up with anybody um so just always felt there were so many obstacles you know and and I never I never got out there wasn't anybody that I first of all that was my age but even if there was we couldn't (laughs) meet up or anything on base so um so that was really difficult got pretty depressed and then um but all this time, so at that point, I was more honest with myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm miserable. There's nothing I can do. About yeah. Um, like that was just kind of it. And then um, yeah, junior, junior year came, which was last year. And at that point, I was really, really struggling. And we were back in person, still masked up and everything, but we were back on campus. And I think this is kind of where the turning point began to happen because um at this point, I was still like really miserable in school, being honest with myself, but being like, there's nothing I'm going to do about it. I'm going to stay in this major um, until this has never happened to me. It was like this like kind of traumatic thing. Uh, I think I had probably like a panic attack or something because I showed up to one of these classes um, that that was having an exam that day. And I just, for some reason, like because I ended up being so miserable in school, I just could not muster any bit of motivation to study for any of my exams so this one I show up to not prepared usually though like even if I don't know what I'm doing on an exam I'll fill something out right like I'll just put like I'll write the ABCs I'll do something you know like get partial credit but but for this one I literally showed up we're just sitting in this room and all I just remember is like I'm sitting there and we still have masks on and I just feel myself frozen I'm like okay I haven't moved for like 20 minutes I can't move my pen to write um and then I start getting into my head and I'm like I have not not even zero I have negative idea about what has been going on in this class these words on the paper and numbers mean nothing to me um also I'm not set up for my future. Also, I don't want my future because it's it's all this stuff and I don't want it, um, even if they'd take me. And I was just like, what am I doing with my life? So I think all this like just probably pile up, honestly, from the last three years, just like descended on me. <laughs> and um, and with my mask exam. on. Wait, what? In that one exam. In that one exam. Spiraling, yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot to take when you're not just on your own in your apartment, but it's like around all these other people and it's supposed to be quiet. It was no longer quiet because suddenly like I'm here with my mask on, the tears start rolling down and then it's like, (laughs) you're like all this like hyperventilating from the front of the room, which is me. Um, And at some point I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm about to fail this exam. So then it took a lot of courage, but I raised my hand and I I asked the professor, he came over and I was like, can I talk to you? (laughs) So we stepped out of the room and I'm like, I'm so sorry. You can take this exam and you can give me a zero, but I'm just not, I can't do this. I'm so sorry. And he like, thank goodness it was that professor because he is a very kind person. So before even trying to let me like finish and hear me out, he was just like, don't, don't worry about it. Like, this is literally just school. Like, this is not the end all be all like 
do what you need to do. Like, just go ahead, take your time, step outside. So here I am for the next like hour, hour and a half, just crying my eyes out in the basement of this building. <laughs> um, oh, man. And I go to retrieve my stuff later. But anyways, at, like right after that, then I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? I just, you know, I can't do this schoolwork. And I also don't think I can go into the military. So it was the scariest thing I'd done. But right after that, I like, I took my bag and I was like, I can't even believe I'm doing this. But I started walking towards that building where our program is. And I was ready to go up and say like, uh, I know you've paid for three years of my school and that I'm going to owe you all that back, but I cannot do this anymore. I was so ready to say it, but <laughs> my instructor wasn't there that day. Um, so to make a, I feel like I'm rambling, sorry, but like. No, no, this is, I mean, it's not great, but like. <laughs> I like, hope this it's is awesome to say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like chronicling my life. <laughs> and <laughs> so it was just the, it was just the staff member who was like working at the desk at that point. So they were, he was very, very nice and just like, let me sit in his office. And he just like talked to me and stuff. I don't even remember what he said. I just know it like made me feel a little better and kind of like diffused some of that, but it was just like this panic thing. And so, um, after that, I mean, flash forward a lot of like back and forth. Clearly, I ended up staying in my major and I ended up staying in the program and stuff, um, which I'm glad about. But I think that's when I started to realize like kind of what we were talking about, right? Like if you care about something and if it's in you, you can press it down, but it's going to come out anyways. And around that time, I was writing a lot of music, which I never thought I never thought I was musical, but I ended up like churning out like so many songs that I was writing and singing. I made like a music account and stuff. Um, there were a lot of depressing songs, but to be honest, when you have, milk it. <laughs> when you're sad in life, those make the best content. <laughs> and Just so, milk it. Yeah. 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 I was like capitalizing on this. So, um, so I started posting a lot and then I realized, oh, this is interesting because I hate school and I would, that's the last thing I'll do, but all I want to do, and I will sit there for hours on end. Like I would just sit in front of the piano or guitar, literally did it all day, every day. I'm like, wow. Okay. So this is, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, there's something that clearly has been <laughs> being suppressed, suppressed on my part. Yeah. yeah. And that, that is wanting to come out now and needs an outlet. So I think that's where I first started to realize, um, yeah, that there that was that side. And uh, and then just thankfully, just also making another long story short, but I just started to learn as a person, thanks to the people in my life and my circumstances. Truly, I know people say it all the time, but like this stuff does not define you. School and grades and stuff, it doesn't define you. So I learned to be content with like, okay, if I'm passing, this is probably not the best standard for everyone, but for me, it's like, if I'm passing and if I'm getting what I need to, to get on to the next step, that will be enough for me. And I'm not going to place the um, the pressure of perfection on myself. So I let myself start being like that, more gracious with myself and take care of myself and, and have a creative outlet. And so I think that wraps big full circle to how we started this conversation, which is like now senior year, it's a little underwhelming almost how much like a little stress I feel. Because now I know like, okay, these things such as my podcast now that I love, that's what I'm going to prioritize. And I'm still, I've come to a healthy place where I've learned to have an amount of discipline for school and do it even if it's unpleasant. But now it's not, I think. It's not like your, your whole identity. Yeah. And I think that a lot of my like hatred or whatever for school was 
magnified like a thousand times over from my also suppressing that I hated it or that I had outlets. But now that I have one, I feel that it's much easier to be honest and realize also like, yeah, this major sucks for me, but it's also not the worst thing. And there are good parts about it too. So I feel like it's kind of a nice stable, like equilibrium, I must say, because now <laughs> being an engineer, but you know, it's like, it's kind of this nice point now, I would say. So <laughs> have I talked your ear off? <laughs> no, no, this is great. And you, well, first you have a very calming voice. I have to say that. And then second is just in general, like you have a very calming presence and like, I don't know how to say it, but when I listen to your stuff, it like glows like there's like a oh, light about it. Okay, I'll just cry. say that. Cover right? the camera yeah, for a cover little bit. Cover the camera. <laughs> and and I I'm sure people who hear this they can tell. You know you know it's like someone's voice. You, it tells a lot about the person. Anyway, oh. I, like all this um feelings about like hatred about your school mm-hmm. and just the position that you are in life. I can't imagine you being angry about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's just like from my yeah, point no, of no. view um <laughs> yeah I don't know where I was going with that but I don't know like oh. that sucks like that whole experience just sounded like it sucked ass <laughs> it's but- like a, a, a bottom for you but I'm glad oh, that yeah you know you uh came out of it i mean sometimes you have to go through the ringer you have to go uh-huh. through the metaphorical crucible to, <laughs> to you know realize that like oh, okay what like what am i doing you know exactly well yeah. first of all thank you so yeah. so much that is the nicest thing but second yeah like i think we kind of mentioned this before too even but um like (laughs) as miserable as all this was and as traumatic as it's been and stuff, honestly, if you ask me, do you regret anything about your college experience? Would you have changed it? I think I would say with like maybe 89% certainty, like, no, you know, I'm so, so (laughs) grateful for, for where it's been. Um, Yeah. Good enough. It's like probably double my grade, 89%, but like, you know, it's just, it's like, I'm so grateful for where I've been and that I went through it this early because I would really hate to like, let's say, lock myself into some career and then be there 20 years in and be like, oh, I hate my life. I wish I'd done something creative. Um, But I think seeing like how much of an impact that this has had to do something that I don't really care about um, has really, I think, up to the value too of all the things that make me happy because now it means so much more to me. Um, Plus, it's almost like college is somewhat of a controlled, like boxed in environment. So even though all this like dumpster fire happened in a way it's contained to this little degree. Right. (laughs) But I imagine if it happened at some other time where maybe like chapters of your life kind of blow over into each other and (laughs) bleed a little bit, it might've been more difficult, but I don't think it's ever too late for anyone, but I'm just, I'm thankful for, (laughs) for everything. You're able to, yeah. Like you said, can, contain the damage I guess and it doesn't really follow you sure yeah college yeah exactly and like on the selfish practical side too it's like well it's also not all bad to have an engineering degree under my belt right like yeah in case things go bad um plus I know it's not all miserable I just know classes are set up that way especially at a big university but um 
but yeah, I, so, so I'm thankful for everything, the good and the bad. Um, but if I can, if I can ask you, if it's too personal to answer, but like, I know you said, you're kind of feeling these similar sentiments. Um, have you, are you kind of in the process of thinking of dropping (laughs) anything or like keeping it going, but having stuff on the side? What's that like for you? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't think I've had like a specific, you know, like in your case, you had like one really traumatic Mm -hmm. thing happen that like open up the floodgates for you. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it it, it was more of like a a seven year process. Like I came Mm -hmm. here when Mm -hmm. I was 18 and I did school. School was great. Um, Don't I mean, great in the sense of like because Singapore is so hell-bent on having education be like your entire identity mm-hmm. I, I thought breaking away from that really like made oh. me actually ironically fall in love more with education like I used to hate mm. school um, mm-hmm. back home because everything was you know rote memorization and just like yeah. um, bashing information in your head without really understanding it at least from my point of view and, and mm-hmm. I genuinely thought I was like done like I was stupid I was failing math just Mm. hilarious and (laughs) um (laughs) and then um I think uh, along that way I had the good fortune of meeting like mentors and like teachers unorthodox teachers not in my school but just like for example for math um tutoring is like a big Mm -hmm. Uh, art you know in in Singapore education and so my dad I remember at one point I was just doing so badly in math Mm -hmm. that my dad just told me to go to his friend his army friend who is an engineer um, oh my gosh (laughs) um to tutor me like in his apartment just for Uh free because I was like look I don't know how I'm gonna save my grades but like you know this Mm -hmm. is like the last resort yes um and there was something in the way that he taught me that kind of re- made me realize that like, oh, I'm not stupid. I'm just learning things the wrong way or just like yeah. not in the way that I absorb information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up doing really well for math. So that was oh. great. Yeah. <laughs> but I I still had that like, what, like what's the point of school? Um, like why I, I didn't see the point of geography. I didn't care about you know like stuff like that and then when I came here um there was just something more I guess like practical in the way that the Mm -hmm. the professors taught things here in the sense of like they were oh I guess it's part of the nature of economics as well like they would always try to relate real life to Oh, uh, to what we were studying, which I was like, that's great because (laughs) at least I see the value in that. Um, And then also with the relatively more free time, I fell in love with books and like I fell in love with podcasting and I mean podcasts and just like uh, I love the medium of that. And so, you know, you can tell that's kind of where the rabbit hole starts. Okay, yeah. Um, And yeah, and then and then from then I was like, oh, shit, like I love Google. I was like, why have I not explored (laughs) Google.com until I was 18? Uh, And I realized like the Internet is so wonderful as much as it is very chaotic, but there's so (laughs) much knowledge and 
people online yes. out there that uh, I think it is, you know, magical yeah. to, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that was kind of like my trajectory. Uh, and then kind of fast forward to now. Um, I feel like it's it's more of one, it's like the creative thing. I don't know of the job that I'm doing right now. Like I really enjoy it, mm-hmm. but okay. like something's missing. Like I feel mm-hmm. like my lifestyle is not um the way that feels like I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know that there's something. There's yeah, something and I don't know if it's like oh, I want to start my own thing or like yeah. I want to oh, gosh, I know. something that has more value, more mm-hmm. like humanness to mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, this podcast was born. I think I think this desire to go down that path w- has always been there, but I just didn't know how to like manifest it. So this is the I know that's coming through. I totally hear you. Yeah. So this is like my one little piece that I have joy from that I get joy from <laughs> and hopefully I can expand that into, you know. Yeah. I, you know what I realized like if the rest of my life and I heard this from some other episode, I don't remember which one, but like uh if the rest of my life means that I get to have like drink tea and like have good conversations with people that I mm-hmm. like respect and think are awesome, like I'm set. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely. Oh yeah. my gosh, I have so much to say on this. <laughs> okay, like, go I'm for gonna, it. I know I'm gonna try to hold back this like so much, <laughs> uh, but um, no, I I agree, and I I relate in the sense that it is the idea of there's something. I don't even know if I would say something missing, but there's something more, or like there's something that you know you could step into, but it. Yeah. I think the 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 messy part about when it's creative is that it's like, it's literally that's in the name it's creative. So it's not, it's not a formula, right? Like there is, it's kind of something you have to make. And so maybe it might be unprecedented. So you don't really know how to put it all together. That's my main frustration thinking about my future. Like I know there's something, but I don't know if it means literally the podcast. I don't know if it means like going into a job that lets me do similar stuff, I don't know if it means creating my own business, whatever. So I think that part is a little intimidating. Um, But what I will say is that I think what I've been learning too is that, well, some, some things better than nothing. And as long as you're taking a step in the right direction, that's a step closer than you were by just like staying where you are. So that's why with what you're saying, you might not know your final answer right now, but I find it so inspiring that you're doing a podcast that literally the nature of it is what you were talking about interacting with the people that you meet on the internet you know like as you were saying yeah. about google like that is the nature of this podcast right now and you said you love the medium um so that is just really exciting to me that even if you don't quite know what it is you're at least doing your due diligence which is right now to do what you can um even if you knew your full-fledged dream and i could give that to you on a platter right now who's to say that you have the capacity, even the time or the energy or ability or whatever resources that you need to get there. So I think it's so, so, so exciting and inspiring that yeah. Yeah, you're, you're and, like putting yourself in the right place, you know? Yeah, I hope so. And it's, it's kind of funny. Cause like that whole um, uncertainty that you 
think is really like that's the most frustrating part for you I think for me it's like the most exciting part like Mm. I realize that I and obviously this depends on the person but like I feel like I don't do well when there's like a path Mm. forward like for me it's very like all right there's stability and there's something to look forward to but like it's it, there's no like element of surprise mm. or like spontaneity that I want to have in my life. Mm. Um, so it's almost like, you know, finding the right balance. Yeah. And this is why, like, I think being, I have the liberty to do this because like I have a full-time job. Like, I don't have yeah. to worry about, you know, right. the financial side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if that is the forever path, but for now, it's giving me the time and space to like build something on the side without totally. stressing. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I've been finding really cool because I've been because I've been on this thing of like, what am I doing? Yeah. What do I want to do? What am I needing to do? Um, that's why it's been really inspiring for me to just listen to different, whether it's like uh videos that people put out or interviews or even just talking to the artists that I talk to. Um it's cool and inspiring to hear that. Okay. Like for me, I'm 21 right now and I'm already freaking out, but they are talking about how to, they were doing something practical as well as exploring their passion and figuring it out into their like late twenties, into their thirties, you know, maybe even later. And so it's inspiring to hear that this is not, (laughs) this point in time is not as big as I'm making it right. Like that it, it will come eventually, but everybody has like a past of where they had to have balance and learn. So I think that offers me a little bit of hope, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the light at the end of the tunnel, but like, I guess it is the journey too on the way home. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I try to see everything as sort of like an experiment. I feel like that takes the pressure off everything mm-hmm. in yeah I mean this is just another experiment to (laughs) go to the next thing it doesn't have to be like I'll be okay if this podcast eventually doesn't work out but I would be kicking myself if I never did it there you go there you go that is the that is the ultimate thing yes like I I love it and it's true and I feel like um I don't know I just don't feel like experience or waste experiences are wasted so for example, the college thing that we've been talking about, I don't feel like that any of that was wasted because I learned, albeit hard things, but I learned stuff from that that's going to translate into, you know, hardships that I face in the future, whether that's having grit or doing something that you don't care about. Also, yeah. if you have a positive experience that dies, you know, you're still going to be able to speak that language, um, so to speak. So like, for example, I would love to do my podcast forever as it stands, but let's say it doesn't happen. Well, I can still be able to talk to people with that similar experience and kind of understand what we're conversing about and stuff. So I feel like none of it is really, yeah, it's, it's, it's none of it is wasted. Um, I feel like there was something else you said there might be, I forget, but I just, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and Oh, what was I going to say? <laughs> no, <Bye. it's> okay. <laughs> oh, well, it's, let me. It's always like that. The train of thought oh, has left. <laughs> I know. That's my brain's way of saying get off your soapbox. <laughs> um, let me ask you, I think, I think I listened to an episode where you mentioned 
did you start this podcast during the pandemic while you were on a run or something? Were you like, oh, I'm just going to do this? I think I remember. 2021, was it? It was July 4th, uh, (laughs) 2021, I think. So you've been on it for a while. That's exciting. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I look back on the episodes, and I know I shouldn't do this, but I see that those periods of hiatus that I take because of life got in the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, if only I just stuck with it, you know, yeah, and I'd yeah. be a little bit more consistent. Um, but yeah, it's it's wild that it's been like two years. Plus. <laughs> That's so crazy. And that makes me so happy to hear, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just just being so committed and like intentional about that. Um, I agree. Obviously, I have a very like um very smaller version of that in my experience because I've only been doing this for less than a year but I also recognize like when I will look back let's say I think it was the month of October or something so at that point I was still at the point where it was very much a hobby so I'm just putting out episodes whenever I can and whenever I want to so during the summer it was like you know like every other day I was putting out an episode yeah October nothing like wasteland right (laughs) and then um And then that's when I became like more consistent and decided to go on like a weekly schedule. So I think that's been good because it's been an amount of like, I can still put stuff out, but it also allows me space, but it also keeps me accountable to like, you know, make, make time for it. So I think that's been really good. And when I look back even, okay. So even in the last week, like I went one week where I was like, I can't work on this. Like, I'm not going to post something today which is fine. And it's nice to have that grace with myself. But I even look back and I'm like, oh, I could feel it. I could feel the difference when I didn't kind of carve out time for it because it's something I love. Um, So I think it's just, it's just like really admirable again to see that you've been so uh, just, yeah, just staying with it and just making it like kind of the long run. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I gotta say you, yeah, you have been really consistent and that's been amazing. And also like a kick in the butt when I when I don't <laughs> pose. I feel like in a no, in a good way, like um being able to follow creators like you and a bunch of others, um, and seeing the content that you guys put out, I was like, oh, okay, this is like sort of keeping me accountable mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many wonderful people out there that I'm missing out on if I don't stay consistent with it. Mm. Um yeah. Well, I I could say the same for you, though. (laughs) Well, because I look at you like, okay, yeah, that's really nice of you to say of me. But also (laughs) I'm putting out like solo episodes that just require me that are like 10 minutes max or something most of the time. It's like sometimes an interview. But my point is those are special occasions. Those are special episodes and they take a long time to edit. I don't know how long it takes you, but the fact that you're like, I'm not posting enough. And you do these like <laughs> long interviews with also strangers that you've never really met. Like, and to put that out, I feel like almost as consistently as me, but these long interviews, whenever you post too, even I think today <laughs> you posted something, you're like another, I'm back in the podcast. Crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, that'd take me out. <laughs> like, like I can't. I'm also a perfectionist, so it takes me so right. so long to edit. But like, oh my, my gosh. gosh, don't even like. I'm usually pretty okay, but like this thing has taken a life of it. Like it's really opened up a 
space for me to be as neurotic as possible and it's so scary like every little second I gotta Mm -hmm. like you know no seconds wasted and I was like uh just let it go you know I literally like will zoom it you'll know how it is like the audio file zoom in and zoom in zoom in zoom in and then I'll like spend like sniff the little blip (laughs) like as if anybody cares or even notices Right. And I'm like, I'm spending like 10 minutes just like doing this little decibel <laughs> or whatever. I totally get you. <laughs> it's, it's really bad, it's, but dude, we're crazy. Really straight up crazy. Plus for you, when it's a long interview to begin with, like, you yeah. know how it goes, at least for me, I know that that means like editing requires <laughs> listening to the conversation like at least a few times. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I feel like I should just shut off the recording right now. For oh my God. No, no. What time do you have to go, by the way? I realize I, I want to be I'm technically free. time. <laughs> I'm technically free all day. So I, I could talk until midnight. <laughs> okay, no, let's not do I that. I won't respect your time. <laughs> no, but I, I would love to do another one of these. And obviously we don't have to oh, talk like on podcasts. Like, I sorry, I just have like a bunch of questions. I was like, oh, might as well. I don't know when's the next time we're gonna chat. But, okay, you say you were like part of a Christian mm-hmm. society. You have faith. Yes. Like, how is your relationship with your faith and like mm-hmm. God during that really rough like couple years? Oh, good, 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 good question. <laughs> <laughs> not the best like answer but um yeah no it definitely deteriorated like uh it like, was... sorry, just to give some context like I'm mm-hmm. I grew up Buddhist but I'm mm-hmm. not really religious and I'm like, always practicing. fascinated by mm-hmm. how people like you know some of my friends are like um Christians and I am mm-hmm sometimes jealous but more fascinated with like the idea of somebody being so um devoted to sure sure sure. yeah you know to to like a faith and like really believe in something and sometimes I'm like oh I wish I could believe in something that much you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um no it's a it's a really good question um because it's something I was very intentional about my freshman year. And so, like I mentioned, that group that I was in, that club, um, it was it was really, really integral to me. So, like I said, I struggled when I came into college, but I will say that was probably one of the biggest things that was helping me because I had like some kind of community, whereas I didn't really have family or anything around like we talked about to have that community to consistently come to and talk about something of like real substance and something that meant a lot to me, which is faith. Um, that was really grounding for me, but once COVID happened and it started all being online, I just remember like <laughs> being on the zoom meetings where we tried to like have our meetings now instead of in person. And I would just be lying there in bed, like so depressed, like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I can't, I don't feel the level of connection that you can in person. So remote was just very difficult. And I think that's when it all started to spiral. I never, along this whole course of the story, like I never went into a bad place where I lost my faith or like rejected it, but definitely there came a point where it all just flatlines. Like that was pretty much the whole pandemic. That was probably the theme was like apathy and not feeling anything except for like 
depression <laughs> um but like yeah. not feeling anything it was all very foggy and I didn't feel in touch with my faith because also church with my family yeah like <laughs> like sometimes it can be a boring person but imagine being at home on your couch like trying to sit there like over this terrible like FaceTime or no Facebook yeah. live like connection or something watching like your pixel of a pastor like trying to like uh, 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 like talk you know like God loves you you know kind of thing and I'm like oh my gosh this with is like so shitty shitty yeah. wi-fi and you're oh like oh my gosh <laughs> honestly I think they were doing it all from a phone on a tripod or something oh my god I was like this is really 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 difficult um so I really like kind of just stopped being intentional about any of that over the course of the pandemic. And I didn't mention this before when like telling you about my whole college experience, but um, what also happened cherry on top sophomore year was this just, there's just like this big event with um, that military program ROTC where um, basically, uh, yeah, just to spare a lot of details, but like there was a selection process to move on in the program. And because of COVID, like so many spots had been cut that um, I just missed the mark. So by a few points nationally, I was cut off. I think I was one of the like cadets closer in the nation yeah. to like that cutoff line. And I got cut off. And um, and so like overnight, it was all of a sudden like this thing, this one thing that I felt like I was good at in college, which was the military, because I was familiar with it. And that was the one thing I cared about. And also faith, like I said, had kind of stagnated at that point. That got like pulled from under my feet. That was kind of my whole identity at that point. And also they're like, you can turn in your uniform tomorrow and your scholarship is being taken away. And I didn't have a plan B for a job or anything. So that was a freaky, freaky little fun moment. And um, so that was probably Wait, about- uh -huh. What was going on in your head when you got that news? Oh, what wasn't going on? Like I was so- so blindsided like the first part was just pure shock because I thought because I devoted so much time to it and I thought it was really good I thought there was no question that I was gonna make it um and you know what was the real kick Gladys was that it wasn't necessarily that stuff because I really invested my time in that thing to really beef up that part of my records but but what ended up having more gravity was the things that I hated, which was like the GPA things or, you know, the numbers and like my fitness scores and stuff, which I wasn't doing too great in. Um, and so I just felt this, um, I don't want to put it as betrayal because I wasn't bitter at the program itself, but I think that's the closest I could think of where it was just like, I have put my like blood, sweat and tears and like lack of sleep and time zones and everything into this program. And, uh, and now I'm being dropped because the things I sacrificed for it, which was like my GPA, my other scores and stuff, that's what you're going <laughs> to drop me for. So that was, oh. it very, it felt very invalidating. I felt like, okay, my identity is ripped away. That was the only thing I was proud of in life at that point. Um, yeah. I also just got this massive, like, just, it was like almost, almost like a second imposter syndrome because now it's so scary that like, wow, a good majority of my friends or people I know in my life, the only people I was allowed to interact with during the pandemic, they were all in this program. And so now I have to go around and like, they will see me. And I, oh. I literally remember journaling and there's a 
sketch in there that I had done of how I felt. And what it was, was like my face with like, I think it was like inadequate, like written across my forehead or something. Like, I just felt like that was this cloud that, that followed me everywhere. Um, so that was really, really not amazing. Um, and thankfully, you know, I think in like a couple weeks or something, because so many like qualified cadets across the nation had been cut, I think a lot of people raised an issue about it. So thankfully they had this recall board and I made it. So they pulled me back in, but those couple weeks were like, I was, I was, I, at that point I was really like, I'm going to drop out of college because now what's the point if I don't even want to do this for my job, I don't want to do engineering everything and they're not paying for it. I'm going to move or something. Um, That was probably the only time where in my desperation, I was kind of, quote unquote, forced back to like, I have nothing and nobody, I have to go back to God. And so in those couple of weeks, I, like for the first time in a long time, I was opening up my Bible again, I was really studying it and like talking to mentors. And I have one who's really um, very strong in her faith from my high school that we got to talk. And, and she told me about this story um, in the Bible and kind of likened it to my situation and said like, I think you're Abraham. Like, so I won't go into the story of Abraham, but she said, I think you're Abraham and this is your situation. So I started like dig deeping into that story in the Bible, um, deep digging. Sorry, I messed it up, but like, so I was, I was doing that a lot. And I think that brought me a lot of comfort because something I realized was, you know what, no matter what is going on in my life, if you are so devoted or like overtaken by this, um, this feeling of commitment, but also receiving love from what for me, like I believed was God, like that gives you enough purpose and motivation to go through your day. But I think if I didn't have that, I don't don't think I would have stayed in because what would have been the purpose of anything? Um, But so, so that was so interesting that in my hardest times and in my most depressed times, for sure, that was probably when I still felt like more safe and secure than when I got back into the program and admittedly kind of like I wasn't desperate anymore. So I kind of let that stuff drift away and then I wasn't feeling as satisfied anymore or anything. So um, <laughs> very that's, long answer to your question. But that's no, no, was. thanks for all the details. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking because mm-hmm. you could have had every reason to go down the path of like, I hate God, like why isn't, he doing Mm. anything and and all Mm. of that but instead you chose to like double embrace Mm. your faith and just trust and like fully surrender almost because you know at what point like at that point what choice did you have um yeah and uh and just hope for the best yeah as sad as it sounds though um I don't even think I don't even think like I don't think I ever thought about being mad at him because for me that would have come from a place of like I deserve this in the first place and as sad as it sounds like I was already dealing with all that like imposter syndrome I was like I did not deserve any of this in the first place like this is as it should be I just felt really bummed because it felt like you know I should have like I wanted to have that so um I think in that sense it almost made me be like, wow, God, I just realized what a blessing it was that I even had any of this to begin with. Um, but I really, really thought that was my path. And um, like I mentioned, I thought that, okay, yeah, my academics were going down the drain, also my mental health, but this is the one thing I cared about. The one thing I felt like was 
that I felt like I really vibed with and that really yeah. fit me and I fit it. Like, God, why am I still an engineering when I'm not yeah. in this program? I'm like, it doesn't, I think you got it mixed up. Um, yeah. so, you know, I think, I think there was that aspect, but it was just, yeah, it was so much like, what? I thought this was what you wanted for me. Why I was, what happened? <laughs> right. It's, yeah, it's, I, I feel like there's a lot of like questioning and doubt that comes up when you like take a hard left and then you're oh, like, gosh, what, yeah. like, what is going on guys? Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Um, okay. That's yeah. That That's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I dig a little bit deeper because I feel like I have that faith just probably not in an entity mm. um but just more so like uh you know I kept bringing up the whole like yeah, follow the energy and the yeah, concept yeah. of like surrendering entirely yes. to the moment and uh-huh. just like going with it um I think that's something that I've like really been experiencing with recently mm-hmm. I was like oh um uh there there's like a I literally have a paper on my wall that says mm. like trust the process yeah nothing, yeah. nothing else matters <laughs> and I wrote that when I was like in the trenches trying to yeah. look for a new job because I got laid off in COVID mm. I was like oh Gosh. okay <laughs> you had a good pandemic too <laughs> oh oh my god that was the <sighs> most surprising 15 minute call that I had with my boss but okay so you had that too blindsiding experience oh yeah definitely oh, oh, that's interesting I never even thought about it like that but what, yeah like- just having and I guess in a sense it was semi well I'm not gonna say it's worse but like as an international person mm-hmm. oh in, my gosh yeah no clock is sure. always ticking and I never yes. feel like um I'm here. I oh. always feel like, oh, at some point I have to get ready to go back. Definitely. And I don't want to. So. Oh, a, that's a whole nother dimension. Yeah. So, so, you know, after like the whole being laid off thing, I like took 10 minutes to break down a little bit. And then mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I have 60 days to get a new job. Are you kidding me? How 10 minutes? Gonna- Are you oh, yeah. serious? <laughs> me like no. in 10 years, I'm like, Gladys, I finally got over it. <laughs> no, but but you, but like, well, I, I didn't really paint the whole story in the sense of, so that was during the pandemic. But like before that, the last couple of years, I think like, I've just been like punched in the face metaphorically with sudden deaths and like like friends and like friends getting cancer and just like are you serious you know so it it was in a way it really reminded me like things aren't really that bad and it's like okay like what's the next step forward you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's why that's why at that point like after being labeled I was like all right now what (laughs) like what's the next thing Mm, yeah Um, but Uh, yeah there's something very freeing though in just being like okay like this is reality it's not the way that I'd like it to be but like all right what's the next thing yeah you know there's a um it wasn't I don't think it was meant to be deep but like it hit me really hard I was watching (laughs) made in Manhattan um which is I don't know if you watched it like the (laughs) J-Lo movie it sounds familiar the (laughs) J-Lo yeah she's in it it's a rom-com 
Um, so definitely not meant to be super deep, but I thought it was, they're like walking through the park and then, uh, and then she's like with this like Senator candidate or whatever, it doesn't matter, but there's paparazzi and she was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you, how you do this. I couldn't imagine handling this. And he just said, um, like, you never know what you're capable of until you have to do it. And, um, and I've heard similar things, like you never know what you can achieve until you do it or something, but that last part really stuck to me, like until you have to do it. Like there are a lot of things in life where you don't even like for good reason, you don't ever expect that you would want to or have to do something. But once you have it, you realize like you're a lot stronger and you have a lot more resources or people on your side than you realize. And you can make it through and like you're tough and resilient. But unfortunately, like a lot of times it takes those unexpected things to realize how true that is. Um, yeah. I don't know how well that into what no. you're saying, but I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, man. no, I, I think, I think that aligns perfectly with what we're talking about. Like, yeah, some, I, there, I don't know if this is toxic. It probably is, <laughs> but like, I genuinely believe that you can only grow when there's shit like on your plate, like when there's challenges. For sure. <laughs> and it's no so question. bad it's so bad because like sometimes I like literally go out of my way to look for those <laughs> like, okay it depends challenges. it depends on what it is and I'm like okay <laughs> now I'm just asking for it at this point <laughs> no I but I was just talking to my friends about this yesterday like I feel like like I was telling you like senior year has been kind of underwhelming because now I have stressors, but I'm not really worried about it, which is the ideal, right? That you don't, that you're not stressed out about the things in your life that you're come, you've come to terms with it. But also I was telling them, wow, but this year has felt so unrewarding and it's made me feel very aimless. And, um, I'm just kind of listless because there's nothing, even if it's a healthy one, there's been no challenge. I feel like for me, like, yes, there's a challenge of time management because I've taken on this podcast, but like, I'm grateful to say this, but the podcast, I love it so much. And I, in fact, love it more and more, the more I do it. That's almost like, there's nothing I have to struggle for this quarter. Um, there's nothing that's really been pushing me. And I'm so thankful that my mental health is good now, but like, at least back in those years, like that was something I really was like, relying on people or like, for example, relying on my faith because I needed it. But now it's just like, oh, I'm in this place where I'm okay and I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. So I've just been kind of just floating around. And I I feel like that's also almost equally as frustrating too, not to have a direction and like, I just haven't been doing anything. Is it like uneasy or, because mm. to me that sounds like peace. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, like, <laughs> you know, it's like all the like a puzzled green look flags. on your face. You're like, what? <laughs> exactly. It's like all the green flags. Oh, I like, know. This oh, is where my is toxicity comes in. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I understand because to me, and also I'm like, honestly, I'm a very lazy person. So I don't like to like, I'm not going to be like training for a marathon or something. I'm like, if I'm alive, I have a heartbeat. Like I'm healthy enough. I don't need to yeah. exercise. But, you know, so I'm like very bad in that way. So I would have always thought too that this is the ideal place. But um, 
Yeah, it's just been strange. I think because there's been nothing pushing me, I haven't been intentional. So also that's not to say like, I'm not looking for anything like really, really bad or anything. If anyone's listening, like I'm not looking for that, but even healthy challenges, like there's nothing I'm striving for. There's nothing I'm really, really Mm. like trying to, to achieve or push at. So I think it would be helpful. Let's say if I was like, um, if I like joined a class that I really needed to work towards, or if I trained for a marathon, never going to happen. But like, if, if oh my I, God, Robin, let's train for a marathon. I, don't, don't, this is Go a bad away. relationship okay. in my life. This is very toxic to me. Don't do that. Oh my God, Robin, let's break down hey, our bodies. Hey, hey, can you stop? <laughs> okay. I know realistically, this is probably actually a great, great thing, but I'm going to yeah. suppress this for now. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I say, I think it is because I wanted that challenge. I actually recently, a couple months ago, like join a running group. Don't talk to me. That Goodbye. <laughs> and I was like, I'm pressing stop every right Saturday. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? Saturdays, <laughs> no, um, but see, yeah, yeah. that's good though, because that's what I'm saying about healthy challenges. Like in the moment, <laughs> it's probably not the like most yeah. exciting thing, but you get that sense of accomplishment later. Plus you feel that sense of purpose, right? Like, okay, I will say like freshman year of high school, I was coerced into track and field. I don't know how, but that's why you hate it. Well, (laughs) but I already (laughs) hated it. So it was so surprising that I was joining and like, I like mark my words, I would never do it again, but it was challenging me at that time. And I remember that year I was like really working hard or like harder than I would have because I was kind of forced into that. And now like, I don't have regrets about it. Never would do it again, but I know that that was worthwhile and meaningful. And I don't, I feel like I don't have anything like that right now. Like I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I feel like you have all this energy that you don't know, like where to put mm. it to. That's a really good way to put it. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe explore more of like your music. I, I'm sure you are still doing music. Mm-hmm. um on the side and that would be really cool if because I'm sure there's tons of like like musical challenges or like constraints that yeah. you put that like mm-hmm. you're like oh can mm-hmm. I write a song about like in this way or sure like, sure yeah two chords I don't know <laughs> and I like that's interesting too that you bring up music because that also was a nice healthy challenge that I feel like has passed now because at first it was like the first step was even writing a song. Like I said, I didn't think I was musical. I knew I like played guitar and piano, but I didn't think I had it in me to create, but I did. So that was one part. Then the second was like, I don't have, like, I do not have the guts to ever show anybody anything, but I went out of my comfort zone and I made an Instagram account. Right. And I posted, and I still had that period probably for like a whole year. I swear I would post something. I like deleted Instagram off my phone, threw it across the room and just like wouldn't <laughs> log in for like 24 hours thereafter because I was like, this is just too much. Um, yeah. But I made myself do it. And now I've gotten to the point where like, sometimes I'll cringe at myself, but I still do it. And I'm like, yeah, listen to my music. Then the next step was to like join a music club. That was one step out of my comfort zone. The next thing after that was performing in front of people. That was so new to me but I did it. The next thing was the next thing out of my comfort zone. Once I got comfortable with performing was I started leading like worship um, for like that Christian club. I started doing that myself. And that was a, (laughs) that was a step out, but I got used to it. Then just literally in the last few weeks, I joined in with like 
the worship at my church, which was a whole new ball game. Cause that's like a proper, like legit service in front of the community and adults and stuff. And it's an important thing, but I did it and it was uncomfortable, but I got used to it. And so that's where I'm saying like, not to say that there's not more in that realm, but I feel like music I've kind of You've milked it. Yeah, I've kind of milked it. And like the podcast again, there's really no challenge for me. For me, it's all like, this is a privilege. Like, oh. I know it does no? feel very effortless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's a, there, well, like there is work, but it's, it's work. I really enjoy. I, yeah. I hate the editing, but like everything before <laughs> that, so worth it. Do you, do you like a hundred percent hate the editing though? Or is it like, this is brutal, but also like, you know, it's, it's, tolerable or like because for me like it's not the most exciting thing but I still somewhat enjoy it like I know it's part of the process yeah well let's put it if I had the money to hire somebody (laughs) to do the editing I would let's put it that way (laughs) like I would like to do this just this part Um, no I know well again for you having these like long long (laughs) ones for me it's like it's always like I I would love to have an editor just because of the time wise, but also I feel like yeah. I have this very like specific style or vision because I do lots of edits where it's like I'll add in bloopers or add like parts to make it funny. And I feel like I just can't trust anybody else with yeah. it, you know? Like yours have personality that that like nobody can copy about you know yourself. So that makes sense. Why are you saying it like you don't? <laughs> You're like, no, because yours I don't, have like personality, my... whereas no, no, no. I record hours and hours of myself <laughs> talking to somebody. I have no personality. <laughs> yeah, but like my personality is entirely in like the audio, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but you have like extra stuff. You got that extra Robin like added to it with your <laughs> like, pic- you know, episode profile pictures oh yeah I do post you, about dude, those are sick like thank I don't know so how much. you edit them together but that's really cool oh thank you I'd love to yeah. see more posts from you I've been meaning to say I want to see more posts? of those post oh. posts not just your stories I want to see your posts <laughs> oh yeah yeah I should it's just <laughs> again like it takes so long yeah, someone recently yeah. asked me like oh, how do you think about marketing for your podcast I was like marketing I'm just trying to head above water trying to yeah. get this episode out like I don't know oh my gosh but- hey well because now we have each other's podcast friends which is so new to me and exciting because nobody yeah. else in my life does it um we could just hop on a call or something. We can collaborate and help each other out. <laughs> Seriously, that would be really cool. And I know. I hope that one day I'll be able to come visit you, like in California Likewise. or something, or in Seattle. Ke- oh yeah, Seattle, Seattle. Okay. But I, I wouldn't complain about California. I want to come to New York. <laughs> come, you can stay something. with me. <laughs> or, or in the most glamorous event we'd meet in the middle and meet in like kansas or something. oh my god <laughs> we'd have such no. a good time <laughs> why did i think of wizard of oz that's kansas, yeah, i think it's right? kansas. okay cool i think yeah. it's kansas <laughs> um robin this was really great thank you this oh was, my gosh oh, yeah me too thank you so so much it's been really good i know this is yeah th- this was really like a very i feel like i say this about every conversation but very enlightening and yeah completely did not know that we were gonna go down this whole rabbit hole but like 
I know now you have my whole life story on record. (laughs) It's so good though. Really Gladys, like, thank you so much. Like I said, you're you're really great, like interviewer and host and thanks for listening. That's really, really valuable. Like I said, especially when you're so used to being the one running interviews, it's really nice to have somebody show care. So it's been really good to talk to you. (laughs) And I really am inspired by like your genuine love for yeah, like hearing other people's stories and learning from it and being enlightened, like you said. And I think that just shows like a great amount of like humility too, just to just to be open to people who are outside your little, you know, box that that you've grown up in. So um I'm so thankful we got to do this. And yes, again, let's let's do this. If not in person, person. yes, in Kansas. In- <laughs> All right. (laughs) I will go to Seattle. Like I would. (laughs) Hey, let's actually make it happen. If you come in the spring, the cherry blossoms here are beautiful. It's in like a few weeks, but you're right. That's what the campus is known for. So I did not know that. Okay. That actually gives me reason. That would be really cool. Hey, I'll let you know. So, 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 so cool. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, keep in touch. Um... Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And yeah, let's do a round two or something. I feel like there's so much that we haven't covered yet. Okay. I would love to. I'll look forward to it. Cool. Thanks, Robin. Wait, before you go, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the episode, it'd be super awesome if you could just take, you know, 10 seconds just to give it a nice rating and review. It really, really does help get the word out on the show. Also, Come say hi to me on Instagram at stranger turned friend. All right. Have a good day. Bye bye.